Talking of world championships, South African paracyclists have finished off the 2013 UCI Paracycling Worlds uh, uh, Road World Cup Series with uh, a few superb performances, two gold medals and three World Cup leader jerseys. And that ended in Canada last weekend. And here on the show uh, a week ago, we chatted to Roxy Burns. This week, we chatted to uh, Ernst von Dijk. Ernst, welcome on to the show. Thanks for, for taking the time to speak to us this afternoon. Ah, thank you very much. Ernst, you, you had a, a great series once again this year. Uh, you won yourself a gold medal and uh, in the road race sprint finish against uh, probably your, your arch nemesis, Alessandro Zanardi. Tell us a little bit about the race. Yeah, you know, for us, the season is divided in two parts. There's the World Cup Series, which is the first three events. Uh, one was, you know, in Italy, then Spain, and the final was in Canada. And uh, the, first two, the first two road races, I finished second to Zanardi in very close sprint. And then finally at the last race, uh, what was good for me was the, the lead up to the finish line was a bit longer. It was about a 500 meters. And being a bigger, bigger fella, I take a little bit longer to get up to speed. And, um, in that final threat, I was able to get up to top speed. And you know, for the cyclists out there, I achieved a, a top speed of around 50 meters per hour in that final sprint. And I was able to zoot Fazanari and finally beat him in the road race. First, first time he's lost in two years. It's amazing. Sorry, you just broke up slightly. What did you say your top speed was in that in that sprint? It was around 60 kilometers per hour. 60 uh, kilometers per hour. Wow. something, yeah, uh, on a flat wow. road. Gee, that's phenomenal. So, <laughs> to get that with your arms is quite No, quite no, up. absolutely. To get that with your legs is pretty good, too. Uh, your arms, that's fantastic. Ernst, tell me a little bit about, I, I mean, the name, I mentioned it last week when, when I gave your results out and, and when I was chatting to Roxy, and, and I mentioned Alex Zanardi, that the name would ring a bell for a lot of people. He's a, he's a former Formula One driver who had a catastrophic accident after he retired from Formula One. He was still racing, uh, he was still motor racing in the FIA World Touring Championship, uh, and he had his, his legs amputated, and it's amazing to see him come back in a different sporting code and as competitive as ever. Yeah, you know, once once born a competitor, you stay a competitor, and you know we know that to be to be a decent Formula One driver, it, it, it's special people. You, you need to be able to tolerate all the G forces, and you need to be very fit and strong. And I mean, he's, he's confirmed that because you know he had an accident, he went through recovery, and and then he took up cycling and he enjoyed it, and, and he's very competitive, he's very resourceful, and I mean, he's very connected. He's got the best technology in the world, in, and he has his old friends in the motor industry motorcycle industry, which, you know, they, they give him access to stuff that we don't get access to, like wind tunnel testing, uh, best best of breed carbon fiber hand cycle and stuff like that. For me, just, you know, for me to be able to beat him with a hand cycle that was about $10,000 and his um, is about $300,000, um, just shows you that, you know, it's not always about the bike. It's about the training. It's about the, the commitment. It's about the, the, that sheer drive to want to win. And, you know, I pulled that off. And for that, that ended the World Cup series for the year for me. I finished second behind him overall. And next year, you know, we, we, we might target uh, trying to win a World Cup title for myself. I'm going up against guys like Alex Zanardi and, and a few other guys in that category. It will be it will be tough. It will be hard. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you mentioned that he hasn't been beaten in two years. He won golds uh, in in the the road race and the the time trial at the London Olympics last year. A big win for you and a confidence boosting one at, at the end of the season. How much will this affect your sort of psyche and, and preparation in the off season, uh, knowing that that he is beatable? You know, it helps a lot because you know, as we finished that World Cup um, series, the next weekend at main event of the year, which was the World Championships. And um, I went into the World Championships knowing that 
you know, I beat him in a road race. And from what I could gather in my training data in the last four weeks, I knew I was able to do a good time trial. Uh, in London, uh, Zanardi beat me by about a minute and 40 seconds um, over a 15K time trial. And we worked really hard, and I've seen about 8% improvement in my time trial abilities. So lining up with the time trial at World Champs, you know, I knew it was going to be close, and I raced my heart out. I wish sometimes, you know, we had better uh, technical support like a radio, um, getting better splits on the course. And, you know, I only I only lost by 14 seconds to win at the World Championships. So he won silver. I won silver. He won the gold medal in the time trial. But 14 seconds, you know, on a 15K time trial is nothing. <laughs> if I'd known, you know, I was that close to him, you know, you never know how, how deep you can reach and how hard you can push. I might have actually beaten him in the time trial. And now we know that's the reality. And going into next season, I'm going to make sure that I'm better prepared and, and focus on the time trial a little bit more and uh, make sure that South Africa get, get up to specs, that we get radios, that we have proper timekeeping equipment while we're on the course so that we get that necessary feedback about what's happening because time trial, you're on a knife edge the whole time. You, you're almost pushing yourself into the red and you're just trying to finish that but you don't blow up before the finish line. But with a little bit of information, you can you can manage that line even better and push yourself a little bit harder. And that will be the focus for next season. And then I ended up the world the world championships with another sprint finish with an hour in the road race. This time it was a very short sprint where we came up this very steep hill and basically at the top of the hill everybody's going around 15k per hour. And then you have to accelerate and you have 100 meters to the finish line. And he's he's a lot lighter than me and he was he was able to kick it up a little bit faster and we finished neck on neck. But he won, he beat me, and therefore he was crowned the world champion for for the season. Okay, and, and then and tell me, tell me a little bit about your preparation for for a world championship like that. Talk me through an average day for for Ernst van Dijk. Well, it depends, you know. Like the last couple of, couple of weeks before we went to world champs, um, basically, I in the mornings I have either a gym session or an easy bike ride session, and then in the afternoons we would have a very hard bike ride session where I'd either do motor pacing behind a, a scooter, uh, you know, where we'll do two hours going at 50 k per hour the whole time, uh, doing that kind of stuff. A lot of specific stuff, There was we, we, we did a time trial once a week, so basically it would be me against the clock full speed on a circuit that I know, and every week it was coming down and improving, so that was fun. It's It's... It's not very high volume. It's not a lot of time, but the intensity and the quality of the training we do in those final five, six weeks are extremely high, and the focus is to do them as good as possible and then recover and rest up as quickly as possible before the next session. And then, Ernst, you mentioned uh, the confidence that, that this final couple of races will give you heading into next season. What, what's the long-term goal for you? I mean, you've been to, to numerous Olympic Games. Are, are you targeting Rio? And, and, I mean, the announcement was made last night that Tokyo will be, will be hosting the 2020. Is that too far away to, to, to even think about now? Well, of course I think about it. I'm going to definitely go for two gold medals in Rio. Things are lining up, and um, I think it's a very realistic goal. And you know, when, when Zanardi won two gold medals in London last year, he was 46 years old. Um, by 2020 for Tokyo, I'll be 47 years old. So there's no reason to say, you know, it's not possible. I'm in an endurance sport. In endurance sport, you know, the age factor kind of takes, takes backstage. Um, it's, it's how well you're prepared, how hard you can push yourself, and we find with, with older people it's a little bit better. You just need to plan your sprint better because obviously we can't sprint as well as the young guys anymore. 
But as a young guy, if I exhausted and fatigued, I have no chance anyway. <laughs> so I think Tokyo out there maybe, but for now, um, Rio, definitely I want to try and win two gold medals. Brilliant. So, and then just finally, you mentioned that if you had better timekeeping equipment and radios and that sort of thing, what are some of the challenges you face as an athlete here? I mean, you mentioned that, that Alex Zanardi has just got unbelievable sort of resources with regards to wind tunnels and that sort of thing. What, what, could, what, could, what, what could you get that could, could help you, or what do you need that could help you sort of improve your performance and get, get that little bit better? I think, you know, on my own, my training is, is up to spec. My own bike, my equipment, you know, we've raised the bar. I've proven by beating him that I can't I can compete with what I have against his, you know, million million rand equipment. But we need just a little bit better technical know-how. How to how to approach a time trial? You know, how do we? Because on the course, I noticed while I was racing that the Italians had six points where they were taking splits. Because the Nardi started two minutes behind me, so they were taking my time. And as he came by, they took his time and they would relay back to him. He had a radio. We don't even have radios, so he knew exactly what was going on in front of him and how, we, how hard he had to push to stay close to me. In the end, you know, first lap, he got me by nine seconds, and the second lap by five seconds. So he just made sure that he did enough to beat me. And if I knew he was that close, I could go that little bit harder and make him work harder. So basically, we need to get up to specs regarding uh, 